I was sitting, no, scratch that. I was laying on a cement floor in Juarez, Mexico when I was 12 years old. And uh, I, was an, I was an eighth grader. Um, I was allowed to, um, well, maybe I was 13. Anyway, 12, 13, something like that. I, I went on my first mission trip ever with my, with my youth group. I was, I was going to be a freshman, so they, they let me go, you know, they let me go uh, a, a little bit early. And uh, my youth group went to build a, and, went, and we built a house for a family that needed one in Mexico. So here's what I did. You know, I don't know if you know what the weather is like in El Paso in August, but it's like a bajillion degrees, right? And they're like, oh, don't worry, it's the desert, it's a dry heat, right? It's like the oven is a dry heat, and that's where we cook things, right? So I, I, I don't want to hear it, it was dang hot. Well, but here's what I did, dumb old eighth grade me, I was like, I'm going to drink a bunch of soda, because that'll keep me hydrated. And so I just, I remember, because like the Coke in Mexico, I don't know if you had Coke, not cocaine, but like Coca-Cola in Mexico is amazing. It's way better than it is here, because they don't use any of that high fructose corn syrup junk. They use real sugar. And so it tasted amazing. And it comes in glass bottles, so you're like, this is so cool. And so eighth grade me... 150 degrees or whatever, how hot it was, and I am dehydrated within like 36 hours. And I remember I was laying on the floor of this, you know, we had built a slab the first day, the cement slab. The second day, we framed the house. So they get the walls up, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm like just sitting there laying there sleeping on cement in 180 degree weather, right? So like it's just like it's it's hot. It was that trip though. It was that trip that opened my eyes to what we are supposed to be about. See, I think what happens is, and I was listening to a speaker a few years ago at a conference I was at, and he talked about how we gather, and we gather, and we gather. We gather every week. Maybe we have like a small group or a Sunday school class. But we gather, and we gather, and we gather. And he's like, he likened it to, and I know maybe I've told you guys this before, but he likened it to a, a football team. That all this football team does, and you know, like today, this afternoon, there's going to be a bunch of football played. It was, if, it was as if a team would go to play football, and all they would do is huddle. And they would huddle, and they would say a play, and they would all slap hands and yell, break. And then they would go down the field, and then they would huddle again. And then they would go, and they would talk about an awesome play, and they would huddle, and they all break. And they would go down another five yards, and, and they would huddle again. You see a problem here? They're not actually playing the game. We have been called 
church to get in the game. We've been called to get in the game. And my question for us this morning is, are you getting in the game? Or are we just merely having a holy huddle, breaking and coming back and huddling next week? Because if that's what we're doing, we're missing it. The question this morning is, isn't church just another social club? And I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is no. It's supposed to be no. John 14, 23 through 24. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from my Father who sent me. So, church, what I just read, there are two things that Jesus says. All who love me will do what I say, and all who love me will Obey me. So if you love Jesus, you will do what he has said, what he has asked us to do, and you will obey. That's how you know if you love Jesus. That's how you show Jesus you love him. Well, what does Jesus say to do? Matthew 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people from one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and His goats on His left and then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison. And you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. How do we love Jesus? Obey what he asks. Do what he has told us to do. Here, this is Jesus talking. What is he saying that we should be about? Feeding the hungry? Serving the poor, visiting those in prison, right? 
I know this is really basic stuff. I know this is just a reminder for us. That's what we are called to do. That's what Jesus has asked us to do. And if we love him, we will do those things. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What did he say to go do? Go make disciples. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? Can I just say this? The first step in making a disciple is meeting someone where they are. Like, if you, if you want your neighbor to know Jesus, you go across the street, or you go across the yard, and you start talking to your neighbor, right? You meet them where they are. Does that make sense? And if you see that your neighbor is in need, if your neighbor doesn't have a turkey for Thanksgiving, not because of supply issues, but because they can't afford it, if you see that they need something, a pie, they need something, they they just don't have it. The first step of making disciples, you go and you meet that need. And thus doing, you obey what Jesus has asked us to do. Church, that's what we get to do today. That's what we get to do today. We get to go serve our neighbors and bring them something that they have asked for because they can't provide it for themselves. And that is so amazing that we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Matthew 20, 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Church, are we a social club? Absolutely not. One of my favorite movies that I've seen in the last few years, and, and you guys probably saw it, or, or you know, some of you saw it, was a movie called Dunkirk. Anybody, anybody see Dunkirk? It was, I don't know, probably three, four, five years ago it came out. It was the story of the rescue of the Battle of Dunkirk. And Dunkirk was in World War II, and 338,000 soldiers were stuck, and they were getting slaughtered. It was more than 338,000. They were getting slaughtered. And they were in trouble. And so it's a story of like a four or five month rescue operation, right? And it's it's done by the British Navy, and they're all getting all these these soldiers to safety. They're they're getting, but there's not enough. There's too many. There's too many soldiers. There's too many. So they called in what? Do you guys remember? Does anybody know this story? They called in, they called little ships. And the little ships were just people with civilians that had a ship. (laughs) And they're like, go rescue your neighbor. And they did. Over and over. And they had, you know, sailing, you know, know, they had like sailboats. 
and they had little skiffs, and they, had, they went and got all these people that needed saving. These aren't armored ships. They're just like a speedboat, right? They went and got all these people that needed rescuing, and over those, that four- or five-month period, they rescued 338,000 soldiers from Dunkirk. Church, are we a social club? Absolutely not. We are rescue ships. We are little ships that are going to bring people to the only one, to the only safety that matters, and that's in the arms of a loving Savior, Jesus. We get to go do that every day, and especially today. Isn't that awesome? I think it is.